BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. Make sure you're going and getting and following, liking, and subscribing to Up On Game Presents wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, you know what them guys do over there, man. They do a great job. But I'm back here with my guys, Jimmy J, with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. Sorry for the voice being a little hoarse. I was up in the Poconos with my guys. Shout out to my guys. Shout out my guy, Mark Howe, who's about to get married in July. We had his bachelor party up there in the weekend. So we had a lot of fun as evident by the lack of voice I have for the next couple of days. So y- y'all can just use your imagination to where my voice went up in the Pocono Mountains. But while we were out there... Still echoing. Went, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's still bouncing <laughs> off the walls out there. While we were out there, the Celtics won game six in crazy fashion and then failed to win game seven in historic fashion, actually, in, in tragic fashion, to much of the delight of my two Sixers fans here. So how how was your Memorial Day weekend, guys, before we get into what the Celtics did? How, how was y'all Memorial Day weekend? How'd it go? Uh, I had a great time. I mean, it was a lot of, um, you know, relaxing. I actually, unfortunately, I'm getting over like a little bit of a cold sickness, you know, sort of thing. It's been going around. Um, so it was great on Monday night to just have a perfect cherry on top of the uh, entire week, three day long weekend off uh, Memorial day, obviously as well um, with a Celtics loss. It's just so sweet. It is, it is 
I I can't say it's as good as the Sixers win in like you no you you can't say that no but it's it where we can find good. joy in basketball like it's the a, it's a nice twist, place that we could find joy right now it it feels similar to the way that we would twist the knife if we would have won the series so in that way I relate it all in a twisted way you know the gymnastics that go on and the so sick I, fans. What do you call uh, it? Mental gymnastics yeah. is still one of, oh, yeah, one of the best yeah, yeah. terms you've ever coined on this on the show. Well, it's I don't know if I coined it, uh, but it's exactly it's what you have to do as a fan to stay sane. And I'm gonna be doing triple backflips after game seven, baby. Oh man, what a croak job! What a choke layover! Show your belly, Sixers extravaganza that was. Yes, Sixers yeah, There you go. Just like hang the banner, Celtics. You beat the Sixers in the playoffs. Everyone does that. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, well like, my like, Monday weekend was pretty good. Finale succession was finale was incredible. Oh, wait, I didn't see a lot of that on Twitter. I didn't wait, see a lot wait. of that. On Watch. I, I'm on episode three right now. I'm not going to spoil. I just say it was fantastic. Episode three of this final season, or no, no, the, I started. The I started it the day the final episode came out. I started, okay. so no spoilers. Yeah. If you're starting, it starts a little slow. I found it entertaining, but it's the episode seven of the first season has a really cool, like you learn the dynamics of the family so well, and that's where it kicks off. But yeah. more than we got, I was, ner- I really was convinced the Celtics were going to win Game Seven. And then they didn't, and it just made my Memorial Day weekend incredible. I actually really did think <clears throat> they were going to win. I, I was like, you, you, no way they come this far just to not win it. Um, but then you I saw was like, like, yeah. well, I was going to have every single famous comeback with football, with uh, baseball, and now basketball. And then it didn't. It, it, I never let myself think it was going to happen until like midway through the when they put Sam Hauser in. I was like, oh boy, they got it. <laughs> yeah, they, they're really they're throwing it in the towel. Well, let, let's unpack <clears throat> not only all of game seven, we can unpack the you know the, the the series or the end of the series since we last talked, game six and seven for that. <clears throat> because teams that fell behind 3-0 were one or oh and one fifty all time. The Celtics were trying to be the first team to do it. They were unsuccessful. So now zero and one fifty-one all time when you go down three zero. So where where was the Celtics downfall? In game six and game seven, really, but it's really game seven. But but at the end of that series, what they lost control of, who they lost control of, was Cody Martin on the Miami Heat. Like no, that, 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 that's where it, that's where it falls apart for the Boston Celtics is not being able to contain the last person that they thought were, was really going to hurt them, and you hurt them pretty much all series. And even worse, Caleb Martin, the brother of Cody Martin. Is. Oh, did I say Cody? Did I say Cody? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah they. Uh, I meant Caleb. I, my fault. My well, fault. and by the way, I mean that guy. Th- like it is exactly what the Celtics have made killing on in the playoffs against team other teams in years past. Is a guy comes out of nowhere or a, a role player steps up in a singular series. And absolutely dominates. And he's been he's been much better than his regular seasons, his career self in the in the entire postseason. Um, but I, I wonder how much of it is matchup dependent, um, how much of it is system dependent, and you know, going up against a team that I think is a little bit more. Uh, I, I don't. They're not a better defensive team, but I think the wings are a little better, taller, longer for sure. Um, so. 
maybe a little bit of a different matchup. But in this series, I mean, you cannot you, – you can't deny 74% true shooting. It's like Curry-esque. What he did. It's the, Cel- the Celtics, everyone wants to talk about game seven, which was great, but they blew it in games one and two. They could have won the series in five. They blew two, they blew a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter in both games one and two at home. And once that happened, you're down 0 2 and you're in catch up mode, then 0 3, obviously. And then you have to be perfect. And then it's really tough to win four games in a row. And this Boston team just doesn't have that in them. They play like the best team in the league a lot of the time, but not consistently. And game seven just showed that they couldn't like, they played like that in games four and game five, they played great, but game six, uh, they got lucky, honestly. Well, they actually, they choked game six. They're up 10 with like two minutes ago and they got lucky and game seven, they just collapsed. Um, but Jalen Brown is the big sticking point. That's the takeaway for you. Band. Yeah, because man. if That's you're thing, you're man. looking at someone who's eligible for the Supermax because he's second team All-NBA, and you're looking at the the duo of Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin outplayed your duo of Tatum and Brown, and you're going to give them both Supermax contracts when they weren't good enough to beat Martin and Butler. That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell. Jalen Brown... He can score, but he never learned how to dribble. And his lack of dribbling killed them in the finals last year. Then and it and it just decimated them this year with the amount of turnovers he had. He has a negative assist to turnover ratio this postseason, this series, and in game set and in his game seven history. He is such a flaw with the Celtics when it comes to why they lose in the postseason. Yeah. And, and it's what really hurts them and what hurts Jalen Brown and compounds this mistake is really a lack of a true point guard from the Celtics standpoint. Like I don't, one, I don't want to gloss over your, your Jalen Brown historically bad in game sevens averages 18.6 rebounds and two assists on just 53% true shooting 25% from three in his game sevens. Jason Tatum in game sevens, 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists on 60% true shooting, 47% from three. So it's what when we talk about at length about how the Celtics are built, right? It's a it's a two-man system at the top. And if and if Jalen Brown is weighing Jason Tatum down or weighing the team down so much like that, it's going to hurt. But then what hurts Jalen Brown, why he's putting the ball on the floor so much, is the Celtics don't have a true point guard, a true floor general that can really like go down on the offensive end, get them into their action, or at least just control the floor. Say, if, if you're having a tough time dribbling the ball, let me be the one to dribble. You catch it in your spot and just go. Jalen Brown is so much trying to ISO, so much trying to create and facilitate the offense, get the offense started, and he, he can't do that one-on-one. Um, and it's, it's really not a knock to what Marcus Smart does because he does so much other you know great things for this for this team he defends at an extremely high level he rebounds one of the best uh for a guard in the nba i mean a big shot maker too the amount of times the ball ended up in marcus smart's hands with a chance to win the game this series was absolutely mind-blowing three times three separate times in three separate games marcus smart was the one who took the game winning shot so for, for leave that for what it is in this series but that that is We've we talked, we thought that was gonna hurt the Celtics last year, and, and it didn't show up until the very end when it killed them and it ended their series. And then this year, 
they didn't really show up until the very end when it killed their series. And you're thinking like they were supposed to go get Malcolm Brogdon to kind of help and get a true ish type point guard for and a they just use like him they, as a three point shooter. Yeah, and and he goes and down. Defense, yeah. And and I wonder how much Malcolm Brogdon would have played more, maybe alongside Marcus Smart. Maybe they would have went small and just bumped everyone down. Jalen Brown at the three, Jason Tatum at the four, Rob Williams at the five. But Malcolm Brogdon would have been an important part of this series if they were able to have that true point guard presence, and they weren't. I'd be more sympathetic to that argument if the Heat weren't without Tyler Harrow, who was their second yeah. leading scorer. Think about that. Uh, like yeah, when, no, no, no. When you were like, like I, I know losing six man of the year is a big loss. And Very if true. you could actually go back, like Gallinari would have been a nice guy to have this series, even though he didn't play all year because of ACL. Yeah. But like Harrow hasn't played the whole uh, postseason, basically. Mm-hmm. And having Caleb Martin step up, which is something that the Celtics did not have. Like you can't, the fact... Getting outplayed thoroughly by Caleb Martin and you want to be a Supermax player, your second team All-NBA, is wildly embarrassing. And what's crazy, it's not for one game. (laughs) Like, Caleb Martin outplayed a lot of people for a whole series. Like, Gabe Vincent outplayed him for one game. Max Struess outplayed him for one game. Caleb Martin outplayed him for a series. Like, that is... That's crazy, but there's a difference for how the Heat treat quote-unquote role players and how the Celtics treat role players, or how every other team treats role players as role players. The, like, you you can have – my fault, Jay, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think, you know, I agree with you in the sense that we we talked about this for multiple postseasons of, of the need of a true – not only a true playmaker, but, like, if is not going to call plays, you need someone, as you said – to initiate offense, I think Brogdon is that guy. Smart could be, but again, that's not like that's not his strength. I and he's not the best dribbler for a guard. But right, and I like I don't know. You give the ball to Brogdon and have him be a tradition, more traditional point guard. Yeah, um, I don't need you to be a good dribbling. Might be highlighted right now because you know everybody's hands was in Jalen Brown's cookie jar. Pause. But I, I like I just need you to be. Like competent with the ball, I just need you to be able to, to to get us into our action without it stalling. I need you to be able to to get around your one on one defender, move from side to side on the perimeter. Like it, that, that's what I need you to do. And they have no one that could do it. Like they have they have no one who can just control the perimeter of the floor like that. Well, Tatum, you're never going to win when Tatum and Brown combined for twenty percent from three through the series. It's just, you're, you're not winning. Um, it's a little unfair to Tatum because Brown's sixteen percent. Tatum really wasn't that up. much better. I, I don't have the, the number. T- Tatum was like it was poor, but like if you she shot, he was like in oh, the 30s. He, was, he was twenty three point four. Oh, he was twenty three. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Uh, Brown was like yeah, sixteen. Yeah, Brown was shooting sixteen percent. So, it, but you're never going to win. But I think it they just were trying to, to run show. the offense through Derek White in the third quarter. It was right. it was working. Like, in game seven, it was worth a little bit for a little bit because, like, Tatum's hurt. I get that, yeah. But, like, the fact that you can't that Brown has to step up and be the guy, yeah. And uh, they and they went to and Derek White that, that was so crazy to me. I, I don't know, I mean, Derek and it's actually a little bit of credit to the Celtics. I kind of like that because the point that I was going to get on is, is the reason why. Caleb Martin steps up the way he does and gave Vincent and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson the way they do. One is, is just the culture down there in Miami. It's how they're built. But like Eric Spolstra 
treat you as a role player until you show him you're a star player. Until you until you show him you're an impact player. This goes back to him benching Mario Chalmers and starting Norris Cole all of a sudden in the finals in 2013-2014. Like if if you are playing well, I don't care who you got to go in front of or where what spot on the bench you came from. If you're playing well and, and you are catalysting us to victory, not only are you going to get minutes, stuff's going to run through you. Caleb Martin was taking dribble handoffs with six seconds left in the shot clock, and they, they were saying, go get us a bucket, and he was giving it to him. Like, it was, it's like imploring confidence, and, and like, you're our guy now, and that makes you just go and play better. Duncan Robinson was a DNP in the first playing game, and he shot, and he had a three-pointer to win the series in game six. And, like, that yeah. is, like, it's crazy. <laughs> How like Spolstra is quick to make adjustments and is putting and puts trust in guys that he had DNP'd before, and because of the culture, the people who he had DNP'd aren't like pouting in a corner. They're ready to step it up. Because he goes like when he, when he says "be ready," like there is I just knocks something over. But when he says "be, be ready. ready," like it, you true, like you know he's not lying. Like um, you know he's at some point like, you've seen like he's actually going to come back to me. If he needs me and I better be ready. Cause if I go in and hit a couple shots, I'm right back in the rotation. Like you like, it's true. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson yards in New York city featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. 
For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. You know what's crazy? And, and we can move into Miami uh, against their next opponent after this. But I was literally watching a video breakdown today of why Jimmy Butler ended up leaving Chicago. And the main reason is that because of his rapid growth on a team of veterans, he went from being a bench warmer to a solid starter to the star of the team. This is on Derrick Rose's Bulls. And then when he felt that Joakim Noah and veterans weren't working as hard, he started, I don't know if you guys remember this. He was like cutting up Fred Hoiberg, the Mm -hmm. vets. There was like reports that he wasn't, you know, taking – uh, flights with the team wasn't changing with the team, and it all and it's all because when things changed, people didn't view him as a leader because he was coming off the bench. And just as you guys said, the Miami culture and the way that they don't care, you know, who you are if it clicks, it clicks is so him. Uh, it's like a perfect spot for him to end up. And- it's all, yeah, it's almost like he this is the culture he's been searching it's- for through Chicago, through Minnesota, through Philly. Like it's like like I've, I've been looking for closer, a team closer too. Closer and closer, right? I'm looking for a team who does it this way. Uh, and he found it. And, and he really found it. So good for Jimmy Butler, good for Caleb Martin. Um, they should have like sawed that trophy in half and it should have been good. No, they should have given it to Caleb Martin. I hope Come behind on. closed doors, Jimmy no. gave it to Caleb. Yeah. No, you don't think yes, so. Uh, if you well, take, he what he if you take Jimmy Butler off the Heat for the series, they get swept. If you take Kayla Martin off, they lose in like six. No, I disagree. They, I, they I lose disagree. in like four. Or I, five. Disagree. I disagree. He was one of their best. I mean, he was there. I think he, he was scored. open because of the attention Jimmy Butler got. Nineteen. I mean, Butler has been incredible. He's like the seventh highest score, but yeah, in the playoffs. I think I think they were both. I think Caleb Martin was like one baby notch down, less instrumental. I mean, they're going to give it to Butler because they want to build the character. They want to build the narrative. Who, who like, did Murray it. or Jokic get it in the LA series? I have no clue. I actually don't know. I went to bed. <laughs> I would assume that game was such a blowout. As I was, I went to bed. I didn't. Well, game I four was close. LeBron was shot at the buzzer. Got blocked at the buzzer. Oh, that's right, actually, right, right. that's right. I did watch. That's right. No, I, uh, I think I think Jokic. Won that. I mean, we're gonna run the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 fact check that for you guys. Speaking of the Nuggets and the NBA Final Series, that's what we'll preview and pivot to right game. now as we get set. We're recording on Wednesday night. You guys will hear this Thursday morning, and then Thursday night will be Game One of the NBA Finals. So, yo, Eric Spoelstra was, and I, I'm glad he's keeping the confidence up. He was asked about the quick turnaround. And he was like, "Hey, man, we're ready to play. If they want to tip this up." Oh, you know, at the top of Mount Everest, we'll do that. Um, so cool. Keep that delusion up because you going into mile high off, you know, just a day rest of a off a seven-game battle of a series, but we'll do it. Speaking of the heat, a good fact to, to lead in to this finals preview and just how kind of crazy the heat have been this season. Here are the first team, and this actually goes back to the 1958-1959 Minneapolis Lakers. They're the first team to make the finals with a negative. Uh, regular season point differential since that 58-59 season. So pretty much ever, 
That's that's what I heard. 58 for I don't know how many seasons were before that. Don't ever. count it. Yeah, don't include it. <laughs> 12, <laughs> 12 seasons before that. But yeah. Oh, that team got swept by the Celtics. Uh, Elgin Baylor is on that team. Basketball before Chuck Taylors. So this is ever. This is the first team ever to do this. So this just shows how unprecedented of a run that the Heat are on. We know an eight seed, second eight seed ever to make the NBA Finals. So we, we know that they're on a crazy run. But, but let's expand on that kind of negative regular season point differential so and really what that means. The Miami defies all logic. Yeah, yeah. From the fact that they um, had a negative point differential yet felt so disrespected that everyone was picking <laughs> Milwaukee over them. Like, you were down 90 to 87 to Chicago in the second playing game. Like, I, I remember, like, Malcolm Jenkins for the Eagles, like, at when year after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they were like the sixth seed and they're underdogs against the Saints. They're like, You were underdogs last year. Do you feel the same disrespect this year? He's like, No, we were nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like a champion. That's not a bad mentality. But the Heat took it so personally that no one was believing them, despite the fact they stunk, because they knew they could do it. They did it in 2020. They were the one seed last year and they missed Jimmy three away. And eventually, when you just get every single undrafted player to perform at this level. It's not just coincidence and like fluky. It's mm-hmm. your system. It's what you build up. It's the belief that you have. It's they had, they were the most injured team in the league this uh, regular season. They had the most starters in this regular season games. They're, they're probably around like the, the Knicks area from a regular season team wise. If you, they were healthy but they know exactly when to turn it on because they have someone like Spolstra. Spolstra tied Greg Popovich for finals appearances with this win. Wow. He has the same amount of finals appearances as Greg Popovich now. Like, this is a legend Spokes. of the game. Spo in certain spaces. Yeah. And that we're talking about. And that Pat Riley to Spolstra culture that they built and cultivated, no matter how mediocre they look in the regular season as long as they have Spolstra they're a threat in the playoffs is is this is this a and also for... just every other team in the league you're up 3-0 you have game six at home and you lose in the fashion with the Derek White point when you they're think you're going to the seven. finals every other team folds and collapses like how did this just happen shell shock and they said, no, nah, screw that. We're going to blow them out in Boston. And then they, they, did. they scheduled a fl- I don't know how true this is, but they scheduled a flight to Denver for after game seven instead of back to Miami. Which They're is like the definition of if you say it, it will happen. Yeah, speaking like, into existence. Wow. It, yeah. Is, is this a, that stat, is this a, an argument for the regular season doesn't matter crew? I think the Heat are an anomaly. Mm. But in some cases. It, Here's yeah. what I will say. I wish the regular season was shorter because, I, like, I mean, granted, it's a bold strategy, but in a sense, like, if they want to coast all year and they know they're going to kick it into gear and they have that culture and the continuity, obviously, so important to do that. I don't. I'm. I'm always. I've always been. I mean, aside from this, I've always been a fan of shortening the regular season in some way. But it is a little concerning. I mean, then you have the. You also have the factor of like. 
this is the third play-in team that the Nuggets will be playing this postseason. Now, granted, hats off. Like, they, they got here. That Like, say what you want about playing. That's a long time ago. They just beat the Celtics. And they beat the Bucks. Like, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I don't know. It does create a little bit of a weird path sometimes where teams like the Lakers or the Heat maybe lark it a little bit uh, in the regular season and turn it on. But to be fair, Denver was the best team in the West all season. Yep. yep. They just coasted at the end to make people doubt them, including us. Um, and everyone picked Phoenix over them on this podcast. And uh, did you pick the Lakers, Jake? I I don't think I did. Anyway, but... I picked the Nuggets in seven. So like I didn't th- they and they rolled the. I Lakers. think I picked the Lakers in seven actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I remember James picking the Lakers, and it's just like they they've. It's two teams that I feel like can like huge basketball fans like us who watch all the games that we do. We underestimate the Nuggets in a way that other people underestimate the Heat. So I think it's a kind of fitting matchup because they're underestimated in completely different ways. Yeah. And I, the thing I'm looking forward to the most, and honestly, this is my one big thing of the of the entire series that I believe this will hinge on. Not that uh, bold of a take, but Bam versus Jokic will decide the series, period. Um, I believe Bam has the facilities physically to hang with Jokic. Mentally, I feel a little bit about his composure. Celtics incredibly on the floor. Um, and granted, he's the type of player that even when he doesn't have it going offensively, which he didn't often, um, especially later in that series, he's someone who still impacts the game with rebounding, defense, playmaking from, you know, either forward, you know, center or whatever. I probably and, and I think that's a, that was a good preparation for what he's going to have to do against Jokic because I think we're going to have to look at Bam a lot of everything else outside of the offensive end because I think he's going to be expending so much energy defending Jokic, keeping Jokic off the boards, um, like keeping Jokic out of his position. Like he's going to expend so much energy doing those things. It might not show up on the offensive end for Bam, but if you, if Bam gives me eight to 10 points, but you know, nine to 11 rebounds, a couple assists, and he holds Jokic. That's the job I need Bam to do. It's going to have to be a lot of one-on-one. And and the Heat are going to have to change philosophy a little bit. Here's where Eric Spolstra's kind of game-planning adjustments going to have to ha- happen. The Heat love to, to pack the paint and send bodies. Like, they, they love to kind of be compact in that middle and have Bam have a lot of help kind of at the nail and in the dunker spot. They're not going to be able to, to do that. If you pack the paint too much for Jokic, he's too big. He sees around all those bodies. He sees around all those hands and all that length. He's going to be able to hit people on a cross-court pass that you, you didn't even see coming. So that's something that they had the luxury of defending Boston without a real great passer, right? We, they, have a, they, they pass well as a team. They assist well as a team. But no one great passer that when he gets two feet in the paint and draws eyes is going to throw a cross-court pass past you. No one's going to do that in the Celtics. The, the Nuggets have someone who maybe does it better than anyone in history, and that's going to be after much different. Bam's going to really going to have to hold up like one-on-one wise when it comes to Joker. Yeah, I think Jokic is just, you have to eat the loss because it's impossible to slow him down offensively. I think 
it's going to come down to whether they can limit the role players, the KCPs, the Michael Porter Juniors. Uh, um, you can't. I'm not going to call Murray a role player because he's a star, but everyone around Jokic, because the Nuggets are 12 and three this postseason. They've been dominant this entire postseason, and but in the three losses, Jokic is averaging 42 a game, and that's because he feels he needs to take over because the other options aren't working. And it's not like it's a bad decision because right. he's still scoring 27 a game in the wins. So it's not like he's not scoring in the wins. But when, if you can take away all the open passing lanes and just kind of make sure you're able to keep up with the scoring on offense, I think that's the only way to beat Denver. Well, it, well it's crazy because I agree with that, Matt. And it was kind of expanding on my point. I 100% agree with that. But – what what's crazy to look at, and you talked about in the losses, it's crazy to look at the the others when you talk about Denver. We just praise the Heat so much on what their role players are able to do and when they step up. But you take a look at what Denver's been able to do with in possessions in possessions that don't involve Jokic this postseason. It's crazy. They were minus ten point four points per one hundred possessions without Jokic in a regular season. It's fallen to just what minus one point four, getting better. Like the the ability for them to operate when Jokic is off the floor and, and be good, and guys like Michael uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, guys like that who have really stepped up in those kind of lineups have been great. And if you can give Jokic that support when he's off the floor and then he comes back on and employs all that, like the Heat role players haven't been out. Those lineups haven't been outplayed this postseason. They've done it against Milwaukee. They've done it against New York. They've done it against Boston. Those secondary lineups for the Heat are winning. If the Nuggets secondary lineups beat the Heat secondary lineups, I, I think it's almost a wash what the starters are going to do. It's a, it's a, it almost doesn't matter because if, if – I think the Nugget, Nuggets win. will win the starter matchup. I just think you look at – It's almost a given, right? <laughs> you know, like Jokic and Murray, I know like Jimmy Butler is great and he's been incredible this postseason and he somehow for, remembers how to shoot three-pointers in the playoffs, so I still don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fall away one, he uh, had to start game seven. I'm like, where, yeah. did, th- where did that come from? Um, but Jokic and Murray, I said last week on the pod that I think it's you could make a really good case it's the best duo in basketball with yeah. how well they're playing because of how good Murray's become this postseason. Everyone talks about playoff Jimmy. Playoff Murray is a just as real of a thing. He was incredible in the bubble. He was hurt the last two years, and he's right back where he picked picked up, and he's even better. Well, I would – this is a tougher claim to make with Jokic, but definitely with Murray. If they put Butler on him, I mean, I I doubt that it'll be a straight-up thing. What I'd imagine is uh, they may, you know, throw a bunch of different looks. Zone – I honestly don't think you can run zone against Jokic. Like, that's asking for trouble. It's like running zone against Tom Brady. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Very similar results. Um, But, you know, I I look at that matchup as what does the, what does the games, what what are the games, what are the series look like if Murray is not able to get it going and Butler really imposes his will on the defensive end, which like, you know, we can, we can beat up Tatum and Brown for how turnover laden they were, but that was in large part because of the Miami defense. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I, it's not just Jimmy. It's, it's everyone is schematically on the same page. And when that is the case, I don't think 
And like, I don't want to make too hard of a case for Miami. Miami, like spoiler alert, I think Denver is going to win the series. Like we can get into it. Um, but you know, there are definitely paths to victory for me if I'm looking at Miami yeah, and I'm so, looking at the two stars on defense. But first yeah. of all, but but I wanna I wanna before you go, I wanna expand on your point, Jake, because that's probably is how the, the Heat win the series, right? If we're going on to the Heat side of things, that's how they win the series. But it's funny because last series we said that that's how the Lakers had to win it. We said, hey, Lakers are the third best defensive team in the league or in these playoffs. The Nuggets are the first. The Lakers are going to have to do what they do better than what the Nuggets do. And, like, it, 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 they weren't able to at all. Like, the Nuggets offense steamrolled into whatever defensive game plan out quickly. And then it became, can the Lakers run with the Nuggets offense? And that was a no as well. So, I, I almost want to say, like, the Heat – yeah, you have to win us on the defensive end and on the toughness end because that's what you do best. But the Nuggets just really like made quick work out of a team with the same kind of mindset and same kind of mind frame. So it, it's tough. Yeah, the, the Heat uh, in the regular season were pretty mediocre at stopping the three. Uh, they were 36.7% opponent shot, which was like 22nd. Mm. Um, in the playoffs, they've been dominant. They've held opponents to 31.9% from three. And this was like the Bucks and the Celtics, who are both top 10 teams in three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. And they're facing another one in Denver, who is fourth. So if they can continue, they the only way they can win this series is if they can continue that level of slowing down the three-point shooting. Um, two-pointers, they were horrible in the regular season. They're still bad in the postseason. So I don't, that's just, the Denver was the best two-point shooting team in the league. Um, that's mostly because Jokic shoots like a million percent mm-hmm. from the field. Um, so I don't see that helping. But if you can get Michael Porter Jr. and KCP and Bruce Brown to have like really bad shooting series while your guys come through, I feel like that is the path to victory. Well, there's two things that lead to those wide open threes that Jokic is creating. Because that the, the reason they shoot so well from three is because these are passes off of Jokic that are ending up wide open, right in the pocket, right in, right in kind of shooting form. Um, and I'm mad that – I really am mad the Nuggets play in Denver at 1030 during the regular season because when you really get to watch these Nuggets on like a game-to-game basis, like you've gotten to this postseason, you really see like how beautiful their offense is and how it comes together. Like I kind of hope they're on a lot of road – TNT games like a lot of road games where they play the Eastern Conference next season because I think a lot of people need to see the Nuggets but witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Getting back on to the point, like the, the two things that happen. One is going to be transition. Like, remember how bad the Lakers were at transition defense? And, and it led to a lot of opportunities for, for open threes in transition when Jokic is, is in the open court in transition and I start to go to him. All Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, KCP, all they got to do is set up shop in their spot because as soon as eyes go to Jokic coming down the lane, he's going to hit you with a pinpoint pass. You just got to make the shot. So that's one. And then two, we talked about in the half court, Bam has to hold up like that one-on-one matchup for Jokic. Like he's almost got to be like a defensive line that creates pressure and keeps Jokic kind of in a pocket. Because if you allow Jokic to get creative, scramble all around and move the defense with, with how good he is on offense, they'll have to win those passing lanes open. Because when Jokic starts to get going, you have no, you have no choice but to help down in some capacity. It's not a guard driving where the guy on the set might be able to recover for a block shot. It's a seven-one guy, seven foot, two thirty-pound guy. If he gets you on his hip, you're not going to be able to recover for a block shot. I don't care how bigger, faster, or tall you are. So you have to shift down at some point. The minute you move, the minute you're out of position, you're susceptible to someone being open for a three for a pass you didn't see. Like those, those two things, those two aspects of Miami's defense have to be shored up because if if they don't, they're the Nuggets are going to do exactly what they did to the Lakers. Like, I'm afraid they're going to do exactly what they did to the Lakers. I, I wonder yeah. – go ahead, man. Uh, I think just from an offensive standpoint, you've seen every team in this playoffs get into, like, an offensive lull where it's like, I don't know how they need to call timeout, get out of it. They're just doing nothing offense. Michael Malone doesn't need to do that. Michael Malone just needs to yell, hey, give the ball to Jokic, and he'll figure it out and get the offense moving again. It's like a cheat code. Where it's like anytime the offense gets stagnant, give it to Jokic and he'll figure something out new. 
and you don't need to like burn a timeout on that. And I think that's such a underlying advantage that is why Denver's dominated his entire playoffs. And this is like, you know, we talked about Spolstra, um, you know, becoming in rare air, a coaching legend. Rare air. You tie pot for anything. You in rare air, rare. man. I love that. And, you know, this is his ultimate test defense. This is the ultimate uh, puzzle if you are a head coach in the NBA. This is, the final, this is the final level in Mario Bros right here. He, they do, And that's the thing is that the beauty of the Miami culture is, you know, forget basketball. They're going to be ready to play. They're going to be in shape. They're going to probably be a little bit more physical than your team. And they're going to be as winded or, you know, as well-winded as you could be. Um, so I think, you know, when you, when you pair that up with Jokic, what does that mean? It means being super physical on the dribble handoffs and, and trying to impose your will on him when he has the ball. And then when he's on defense, this is why, again, I draw back to Bam. You need to be running him all over God's green earth on trying to chase down Bam as a screener and Bam as a roller. I would He would be doing up-downs, I'd imagine, um, is what they'll probably try and do. Ultimately, they'll switch off. And he will. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's where Miami's offense is so versatile because – if you if you kind of paid attention in the in the Heat Celtics series, they were trying to pick on you know Jason Tatum and bad lateral defenders like that in pick and rolls as well. And Boston was kind of auto switching that, like they were trying to like as soon as um, Jason Tatum was on someone and they identified like that person's going to be in pick and roll. Most of the time it was Max Struess. Oh, sorry, Jalen Brown. It was most of the time it was Max Struess. As soon as Miami even tried to bring Max Struess up in a pick and roll, Jalen Brown was switching with the closest defender. You go with Max Struess, I got your defender. And whatever they tried to do that, if they sent the second person, Jalen Brown was auto switching with whoever was around yeah. there. It's so, what the Warriors used to do with Curry, too. And, 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 and Denver might have to do that with Jokic. It might have to get a lot more switchable. And if Bam is going up in that high screen and roll, remember, Bam, Bam is not the like not the most physically imposing center. He's, he's a nice physical center, but he, the likes of Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon can switch with Bam. So if, if Bam is in that pick and roll a lot, you might got to send Aaron Gordon up there. I, to the I agree. I, and that's probably what they will do. I think it's diminishing returns for Denver to have anyone but Jokic on Bam. I know Bam isn't like, He's no Embiid. He's no Cat. He's no Jokic. He's no like. I don't think he's an offensive. Nah, but Bam is a snowball down a hill. Like you just know where he gets going. Easy little layups, tip ins. He gets offensive rebound. I mean, he's a guy who is going to make you try hard. And Jokic, to his credit, he plays a ton of minutes, dribbles a ton. So he's you know he's in shape. But um, I don't know the the one guy that we did just bring up that I do think may be an X factor is Aaron Gordon. Because just body to like you know matchup, matchup wise, he's a bad matchup for the Heat. He's a he, bad matchup. Oh, you're gonna max Trump plot after yeah. that guy. He's gonna get jumped over. Like <laughs> it's trouble. So that is one. And Michael, and for what it's worth, Michael Porter Jr. Granted, I think Caleb Martin Butler will probably see some time on him. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, a little he's a little bit more formidable for, for what the Heat can do. Exactly. So I that's another one where. Maybe the others really start. And Bruce Brown is, I mean, he's hes up there too. He's a great role player, KCP as well. Um, I, it's going to be an interesting series, but to me, 
it says physicality, and then also that makes me wonder, like, what's the whistle going to be like? Assuming Harrow comes back, how do you see his minutes going? And do you think he just, like, takes, like, the Duncan Robinson, like, he, most of Duncan Robinson's minutes? And, he, but, or, like, there's, like, a spread out, a little bit of him, a little bit of that. I, I think, I think the three-point shot is going to be so prevalent in this series. I think they would have there would have been much more of an urgency to see like where he was last series if the Celtics were hitting their threes. If the Celtics were hitting threes and the Heat were like banning the three balls and X factor in this series, like we might need Tyler Hero, but Duncan Robinson was enough last series to outdo 20% from three from Jalen Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which us three could do. So they didn't really need to rush Tyler Hero back. If if Denver, would you say the third or fourth best three point shooting team this season? Mm-hmm. If Denver's hitting threes and the three ball is a separator, then I, Tyler Hero is going to come back in game three, hit the ground running, and you're going to see in the first couple of possessions a nice dribble handoff for 13 out at the top to get a shot going. Like they're, they're going to want to get him back. Um, but Eric Spolster is a, I don't even think he knows yet. I think he's gonna see like well, that he's the ultimate because, because when, if Robinson me when game three comes and how much he's gonna put Tyler Hero may not play in game three, but he might be available, but he might not play if that's what is called for. Like he's not going to be an automatic step. We got to the finals without you, dog. You a great player, but we got to this point without you. You you're not just gonna come and just disrupt but, things just like say Duncan Hero. Robinson shooting really well in games one and two. Yeah, have a seat. You don't Tyler. you don't wanna well, no, but I think you have to find a way because Harris too good. Now, to not, again. You go, you go find a spot. They'll you, take. Yeah. They got Hewitt Highsmith playing like big minutes. They have. Oh yeah, there you go. Found it. There, there's who's going to the bench. Well, he, he only played 52 well, minutes. Big minutes Lowry. is like. The, you know, Lowry's just like if you need a stabilizer in the fourth to slow down, like the. I other mean, it'll be him and Gabe Vincent. They, they'll balance it out to just do game flow. I would imagine he ends up playing thirty some minutes. I think Spo's going to be really funky this series, trying to throw anything at the wall. Like, there could be a game where, like, Cody Zeller gets, like, 14 points, and, like, and you're like, Cody Zeller, where did that come from? Yeah, wasn't that, like, game, found, like, wasn't a, that like game three or something in the, in in this past year? And Cody Zeller have a moment, a couple of moments? Well, he's yeah, a tall yeah, white guy that wears, that's ugly and wears a funky mask. So if he has, like, one shot, it goes off remember on Twitter. It. <laughs> so like, it's overstated. About, you remember it. Um, like, a white guy balls. does something good in an NBA game. He gets, like, a million times the credit of anyone. Tyler here in the bubble. Tyler Hero was a national treasure in the bubble. Um, last question I want to ask before we, we kind of wrap this up and give our predictions. Where do you think the coaching matchup lies? Because you have one of, we talked about rare air and Eric Spolstra, but Michael Malone has gained more respect in one season as a head coach than maybe I've seen any other coach gain in one season or one playoffs. Maybe, I mean, Bud got a lot in their run with the Bucks, but less people knew about Mike Malone and like stories are coming out. The credibility is coming out a great coach. So where do you think the coaching advantage lies? Well, I mean, after what we just talked about, I think it'd be a little silly to say Malone, but, but he hasn't had but, to, if, if he's had to do the things that Spolters had to do, maybe we've seen maybe. him. But he hasn't um, had to. That's I think teams. It's, it's interesting to compare the two because I think emotionally and mentally, Spolstra has the ability to get the most out of his players and has, has the ability to, Hey, we've been here. I've been here in every situation. I've been here before. We're totally fine. Like it's going to work. We're going to win. If you guys all just do, and then, you know, you get them to buy in that way. Whereas I view Mike Malone's system as 
more basketball X's and O's centric because it's you have a basketball very, genius. Yeah. Very um, fundamental system he runs. And, and it'll be interesting because, like, you know, Michael Porter Jr. never has to get told, hey, you should put that shot up. But if you watch the Miami Heat offense, there's sometimes, like, very weird hesitancy, especially out of Bam or out of Jimmy. Um, you know, they'll drive in, stop, look to get a better shot, whereas a lot of guys might just go up and look for contact. But in the playoffs, I think you got to learn that they're not calling it. So, yeah, it's uh, – uh, I I got to say – I'm not – I got to say Spolstra. Yeah, I can't go yeah, yeah, Spolstra, you have to go Spolstra. But I just want to give – like, I don't think Malone gets enough credit for this postseason because he – just completely dominated the Western Conference. This is the fewest losses of any team going into the NBA Finals since the KD Curry Warriors. Like they're rolling through the West, and that it's different than like we mentioned. Bud, they got pushed to seven by Milwaukee, by by, by Brooklyn, and six by Atlanta. Like a lot of the time, teams that make the finals got pushed and they almost lose, but they make it. No, this number team hasn't had any. Oh, they might. Oh, there was two two to Phoenix, but then they dominated games five and six. So that was like the only little scary point. But other than that, they've just completely dominated the entire postseason. But Spolstra doing what he's done with these undrafted yeah. players is like Mike Malone has a two time MVP and one of the best young guards in basketball. But hasn't wavered, Matt. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you talk about the expectation and what they've done above expectation, like, I think is what you have to measure. And I think that's where Spo wins is what he's doing as an eight seed with three undrafted players in the rotation and all that. What he's doing above expectation is greater. But I don't think it's too, too much more than what Michael Malone is doing above expectation. I know we talked about... Like not too, too much. I don't think it overlaps it too much. I know we talked about they're playing you no know, two and now three playing teams in these playoffs, but you, you they took out the combination of Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker with, with the ease, right? They took they swept out, LeBron and AD with, you know, with, with the ease. And, and and if it had gone different ways, wouldn't LeBron we scored 40 points in an elimination game, they still beat him. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Devin Booker was on the one of the craziest playoff runs we had seen in, in recent memory. And, and they put a screeching halt to it. So like it, it, it's still very impressive what we're doing. And let's flip it. If these teams would have won, say the, the Suns pushed the Nuggets to seven, and say LeBron and AD would have won. You know how we'd be talking about these duos? You know how we'd be talking about these teams? So the fact really that... Point. You know what I mean? Like the fact that the Nuggets... <laughs> like, yeah, like it's gonna roll. Oh, God. Don't you know what I mean? Uh, the Nuggets beat them, so they couldn't have been that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but if they would have won, stop it. Stop it. And it would have been coming from me. Well, for either one of those teams would have come from me personally. So I, the fact that they quieted all noise is super impressive. I have to give that. I, I, I just don't know if, you know, what are the, what's a common denominator of the Nuggets playoff failures from years past? It's the lack of Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray lacks in a series, which he is not yet because there hasn't really been a top level defender on him for a full series. Jay Vando. Jay Vando. Not like Jimmy Butler. He's quality. He's not top level. Okay. He's not. I would Jimmy Butler. I would say is a premier perimeter, a like on on the ball defender. I um, but you know, like that to me, I say it hinges on on Jokic and and Bam, and I still believe that because if Jokic dominates, nothing is going to matter uh, that Miami does. But I do think a part of shutting that down in a way is, is curtailing Murray. So we'll see. I mean, we can get into predictions if you guys are, are ready too. but like, yeah, I'm ready. It, it's interesting. It's an, it's, I set out thinking I was going to say coming into this episode, Denver in five. I think after talking about it, I'm more comfortable with Denver in six. However, if it was like Miami in six or seven, I would not be, I would, I would be a little surprised. I would not be shocked. If it's like Miami and five, I'm obviously stunned. Um, but yeah, I I think Denver and six is probably where I'm leaning, and Jokic trying to get his ring uh, to go. Denver and six. We gonna re- we gonna talk about if Jokic gets this ring. Uh, chill, 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 chill. We're not gonna talk about 
And we'll be talking about the NFL season. You're right. The certain right, spaces. The that. certain space. Remember them Giannis spaces we was talking about in 2020? Jokic might be in them. He's doing the same exact thing. He's on his Giannis run. The two MVPs in a row. It is. Now doesn't really go for the MVP yeah. on the third year. Rest up for the playoffs. How old is he? How old season. is he? Jokic is like 27, 26, yeah. 27. Oh, he's the same age. Oh, okay. Jokic he just doesn't have the defensive was born in 95, yet. which is my age, so he's 28. Yeah, so look, man. Look, but but Denver and six. If the Heat had a fair shake, as in rest, if they had the same amount of rest, I would give them fair shake. They're the ones who had to go to seven. They were up 3 0. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's not a. That's their fault. Their fault. Yeah. But, but Denver's got more rest. They have their fault. Mm-hmm. Denver's got more. Okay, fair. I got Iris saying fair shake might be the wrong word. If they had as much rest as Denver did, then I would. I would be more inclined to pick the Heat in a longer series. But I think the only way the Heat win this series, like, you're right, Jay, they're not going to win it in four or five. The only way they win it is six or seven. And I just, I don't think they have the legs. And they could prove me wrong again. But they had a, like, the Knicks series wasn't even a, a walkthrough. The Knicks got some body punches in. Then they go seven with the Celtics in a, in a grind-out series. I just don't think they got the legs to go another six or seven and beat Denver, but you know we'll see. But I'm gonna go Denver in six. I think they they jump all over them, especially in game one in Mile High. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Heat are talking big big shit, but punting game one, knowing that like, hey man, like, like rope a dope them a little bit, like uh, let them uh, let them go buck wild in game one because we're not gonna get none. Biggest difference in altitude. Uh, it, 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 in terms of the two cities, I yeah, think in NBA finals history, gotta be because first time Denver made it and they're the highest. Well, right. And I <laughs> think Miami, Miami low. like really Miami's low, at yeah. zero, basically. Yeah, South Beach so. to Mile High. Ooh, that's man. that's a competitive advantage. They should really For get sure. that. They should make them play in like New Mexico or something. <laughs> then they wouldn't be Denver. Yeah, we look, hey, hey Giants play in Rutherford, Matt. <laughs> that's that's like what? Any, I got Denver in five. I don't think they lose in Denver. Um, I can I think see that, they, man. I think I they take that. one in Miami. I think game three, if like Harrow comes back, all the Heat fans are juiced. They win game three, but I think that's kind of the only game they win. It doesn't make any sense that the Heat win this series, which is why they have a shot. Yeah. But I still am going with Denver. The Heat are on a Cinderella March Madness type run, and you don't usually see it in the NBA. And when you see a team like FDU, FAU, George Mason in the day. When you see a team on a Cinderella run, you got to throw logic out sometimes because they they defy it game after game. Well, like you just have to accept that it's going to be a small sample. Yeah. Huh? You just have to accept the fact that, like, okay, we're actually just judging them off this tiny sample size. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't bring don't bring up regular Maybe. season. Don't bring it because they've clearly proven. Also, this it was the one seed in the East last year, and it was just like, oh, they underperformed in the regular season, mm-hmm. and now they're back to that level again. And and and, and let's remember when over they the were... last four years, they're the most successful Eastern Conference team in terms of Eastern Conference victories. In terms mm-hmm. of titles, they're not, but right. if they win, mm-hmm. then they're the most because they've made the conference finals three of the last four years and made two finals. And, and think about when they were so down and out, when they were down bad earlier this season, when they were the 11th, 12th seed in the East. Remember how pissed Jimmy Butler was? When they were this, down 90 to 87 with their season on the line to Chicago. 
Jimmy Butler. Maybe if the Marta Rosen's daughter didn't have to go to school, their yeah. the whole timeline's different. Jimmy Butler in the latter part of the season is pulling his hair out, literally undoing his hair mid-game. I was like, this is a sign of a man going insane. Like they, there were there were probably him and Spo were getting in fights every other month. Like it was bad, right? So like it's not like you know the Heat were down in the dumps and being like, oh, this is just how good we are. This is you know, what we were aggressed to. No, they knew that they were underperforming all season and they just had to turn it on. So we'll see if they do it. We will see if they can pull off the improbable and win the NBA Finals as an eighth seed or if Jokic goes into spaces that literally will give Jake nightmares if he ever has to talk about. So we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got a shot at the buzzer for me? Matt, you want to go first? Anything? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I want to talk. I, I am the soccer expert. Yo, I was gonna. Guess, I was like, I feel like a soccer update is coming. Uh, so the uh, the boring stuff in the Premier League. Uh, Man City won the league because they spend all the money. But the interesting thing that happened is Luton Town. Luton Town is Hello. a tiny, tiny team that nine years ago was not in the English Football League. They were out of it. They were the fifth tier. They built their way up. Their stands hold 10,000 people. Their budget is like six mil as a team. And their stands are so small that they that if you're on the away team, you have to walk through a person's backyard to get into the stadium, to get yeah. to the away locker. Like someone's backyard is just being like, like the edge. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd be making a bag off and that. That's so, my backyard. So, so like, or no, so like, so, like, next year, and they win on penalties in the championship playoff, which means they won basically, a, like, $80 million lottery ticket because that's how much TV money you get. And they have a $5.6 wow. million budget. Uh, this is the first time they were, they were in the top tier of English football 31 years ago, and then they kind of fell off. Uh, the They had a whole thing where they got, like, deducted, like, 30 points at one point, like, in 2008 for, like, I don't, I don't know why, but... It's it, they built their way back up, and it's such a Cinderella story. And they're so tiny; they're nothing. They're and there's like it's it's nice to see. And like their owners are really cool. Like they don't have any like not that we're an anti uh, sports betting show, but it's getting too much with the advertisements. So they don't have any sports betting advertisements in their like stands because they think it's too much. So it's like it's nice to see like a little guy have like a big win. There you go. 80 mil, man. Luton that's that's pretty incredible. 12 times I mean, their budget. We need to get uh, our own little – I mean, where do you guys want to settle in? Manny Unk? Do you think we can make a run with Manny Unk? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the English Premier League? That's awesome. I did. I actually call was it, reading – We'll call it Youngtown. Yeah, Youngtown. <laughs> we can stick it right – there's a park down over here. Um, mm. So I, I would be remiss – not that I care at all – but I would be remiss to not mention the fact that the 76ers have a new head coach. Not that I care. <laughs> as stated. As stated, you don't episodes. care about this team until next right, right, right. You don't care about this team emotionally. But 
if I were a fan of this team, it would be a tremendous hire. <laughs> it's a tremendous hire. It would cause ostracized fans to maybe feel a little better about the franchise to start. And who would those ostracized fans be, Jake? You can have one out there. I, I hear whispers on the street that there's a lot of big fans, podcasters even. You know, <laughs> uh, the only bad thing I have to say about the Nick Nurse hire is that it led to a million of those stupid doctor to nurse jokes on Twitter. Uh, well, yeah. You got out in front of it because I was just about to make one literally was the next thing on my mouth was i mean look doctors very cold calculated you know nurses in it for the love of the game you know want to make you better will scream at refs till they cry to get a call and I, like i but in re- it's i like serious. nick nurse sure. but sure. i hated i yeah, hated now, this analogy is taking this analogy now he's on our side he's great I think he is someone who much likes Spolstra, not to put him on the same level, but in the same similar mindset of, I don't care who you are. Can you do something that we want you to do uh, when we need you to do it? If you can, then you will get the opportunity next time. Um, he has a knack for getting players in the door, proving them, improving their value within elsewhere, makes players want to come play there. Um, Fred VanVleet. And, you know, I think also he, he is someone who um, defensively and offensively can teach a, a more modern game to Embiid, uh, which is, I think, maybe the next step in his – maybe not more modern, but in the sense of, like, where he – More efficient, more win. effective, yeah. Exactly, to win. Do what Jokic is doing. Uh, get your ass <laughs> Do that, yeah, for sure. Um, my at the buzzer is I got to shout out – the fam today, y'all can't really see because my nameplate is, is over, but I got the I got the Pauls on today, mm. I got the Puma on today. Um, because there's two two people in, in Puma Baron got shout out. One, Brianna Stewart has really got the brand on her back right now. I don't know if y'all have really been tuning in to, to the start of the WNBA season, but Brianna Stewart, the first game with the New York Liberty, 45 and 11, something like that. Then goes her first game back, um, playing against the storm where she won two championships and two MVPs like 20, 27 and 11 rebounds, something like that. The best player in the WNBA right now by far, to me, the female KD, the Stewie twos is getting put out in rotation. It's beautiful. So shout out to the head of Puma fam, men's and women's. Like she over LaMelo right now. She got the brand on her back. There's no one else carrying the brand farther than Brandon Stewart right now. And I love to see it. And then the, one of the newest members of Puma fam, I see, I, you, y'all used to, hearing me shout out Maddie Seagrass for a lot of reasons on this podcast. Newest Dallas Wings forward. I see some tunnel picks coming out for the first couple of games. I noticed she got the Pumas on. So I'm like, okay, this might even mean she might just like the Pumas. Then I see in her first game, she got the Stewie twos on. So I, I think, I think Puma fam got a newest member in Maddie Seagrass, the all-time leading scorer in Villanova basketball history. So I, I just hope that, Jay-Z, Hove, and all them over there at Puma Basketball. They got her a nice little contract, nice little endorsement deal. Go ahead, Matt, and, and who knows? Hey, for, man, they might be sticking around off. Villanova for their next venture. Hey, hey man. They want to get and, into entertainment. And who and who knows, man? And who knows? That's what I'm she, she starts popping off. We could see this, the super secret ones one day with wow. the paws all over them. Would be great. When one she transitions order. to the Philadelphia team and comes home. And it, the expansion uh, Philadelphia team that needs she's to come. key from upstate New York, but uh, but nah, it's true. No, nah, it's all right. <laughs> but in this instance, if she came, if she came back here and played for the for WNBA, which they 
as soon as the WNBA expands, Philly's got to be like the first spot, right? Like, I don't understand why Philly's ever team. Sorry, but shout out. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the WNBA is a little weird. I wish they would come to Philly, but there's a lot of like money. I saw like third or fourth, fourth. Overall picks getting cut from rosters because they can't afford. Yeah, no. So to um, keep that there's money. not enough teams. It's kind there's of the thing. Why? I forget what pick she was. She so. wasn't top. I think she was like 20 or something. No, there's only 16 teams. So I think she would. Yeah, she might have been like 10 or she was latter part. I think it was three. a high pick that I saw got cut from the Indiana team. I was like, what is going on? But that actually makes a lot of sense. Now I'm thinking. No, no, Aaliyah, Aaliyah right. Boston no, was a feverish person. She didn't get cut. But I, I think. Alexis Anderson, I think was I. I don't want to misquote it. I oh, this year up. draft pick is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she got. Yeah, cut there was one that was drafted year. like eleven or something, and they got cut. Nah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Anderson Anyways. draft. I got. I got to see where she was picked. First. I was referencing someone who was picked in the top five in like prior years, but I guess that is commonplace. Uh, yeah, I dude, have have them have them play in Philly, man. More basketball in Philly. We need to get to a championship somehow. So. You know. Yeah, I can't. I can't find it right now. Quickly on Google through the searches, but she was a first round draft pick and got cut. So yeah, WNBA expand, bring the Philly, Maddie Segris, uh in the expansion draft and come to Philly, bring the Pumas. Everything could be right with the world. But we are officially out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Shout out to everybody on the Up on Game Presents Network: Lavar Arrington, Plexico Burris, TJ Hushmanzada. Appreciate you guys and go check them out wherever you get your podcast. They do great work. So shout out them and shout out my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.